Welcome to Practice Care with Carl White, the podcast where we help practice owners in healthcare know just enough about the business side to make good business decisions and keep their practices independent. Now our host, Carl. Many of our listeners compete with larger practices, be they big groups, franchises, or hospital-based. My guest today can nod his head at many of those, yet he's staying private and thriving. I'm Carl White, Principal at Mark Advisory Group, which is a healthcare marketing agency, and I'm also the host of Practice Care. And the mission for both is the same, and that's to help private practice owners stay private. Not only is that what they want, but I really believe that care is better when it's just you and your provider trying to figure out what's best for you. And nobody else is secretly whispering in the provider's ear what their agenda is, whether it's a hospital or a health system, franchisee, owners in faraway lands, whoever it might be, it's just better when it's you and your provider sitting at the table. And today, my guest is Todd Coos. Todd is the owner and operator of the PT Center with four locations throughout Charlotte, North Carolina. Todd is a 1990 graduate from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and he also has a master's degree in theology and missions from Oral Roberts University in 2001. He worked in the outpatient ortho world for about 30 years, and then he opened his own practice in February of 2009. Today, it's grown to four locations and 22 employees. Todd's married 19 years and has four kids, and the mission of the PT Center overall is to provide a distinct and transforming level of physical care by incorporating faith as they serve the whole person when those opportunities arise. Todd, thanks for carving out some time to come on Practice Care. Thank you, Carl. It's great to be here. Yeah, and you've got uh, a really cool background, I think, really cool background. and, and there's some different parts to it. So let's just start there with your background and your bio. Fill in some of the gaps so that our listeners can get to know you a bit better. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been a journey for sure. Um, if you would have told me 30 years ago, 35 years ago, that this is the niche that I'd be serving, uh, uh, even 15 years ago, I'd probably have gone, what? <laughs> um, but it's been rewarding. It's been challenging, uh, continues to be, but uh, we'll talk more about that. But yeah, I uh, had been serving uh, as a PT uh, down in Florida for about seven years after I graduated from Mayo. And uh, I'd also been doing some youth ministry work and really felt like there was more, you know, um, like, man, there's there's just potential that I need to tap into. And some doors opened up and uh, I ended up in Oklahoma, uh, was hating the fact that I left the the panhandle of florida because i loved it there Mm. Uh, uh, beautiful four seasons never too hot never too cold maybe a little too hot for some but i like heat so uh, but i but i uh, took my uh my little truck and my dog and we headed to tulsa oklahoma uh, and i literally got my master's degree in divinity um and i worked my way through i i was uh, one of those guys that turned a three-year program into four. <laughs> yeah. Anybody can do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, uh, but I was able to, to go through school. I committed to not taking out any debt. And uh, I went back to living off ramen noodles and chicken strips and uh, figured a way through. And uh, through all of that, I really felt like I would be changing directions long-term uh, that I met my wife there and, that's how we ended up in Charlotte. We felt we were supposed to come here and plant a church um, and do the little healthcare. My wife's a, a nutritionist and personal trainer. And so we kind of got that niche going with healthcare. 
and that we would do, you know, the free clinic thing and have a, an opportunity to serve the community pro bono uh, while we, we planted uh, the church. And we headed down that direction and we got about four years into it and life happened and three kids under the age of six. Oh my God. Um, I mean, they're lovely, I'm sure, but oh my yeah, God. <laughs> yeah. And so, so literally I was managing a, an outpatient center for one of the private equity groups had good solid relationships uh, that was stable. Uh, my wife was with our children and then we were pastoring at that time. It grew to from three members when we started to about 40 or 50. So I was like a hundred hours a week. Um, forgot my wife's name. You know, at the end of the week, I was like, your name, what's your name again, sweetheart? It, it just got to the point where, where I wasn't able to give what I felt I needed to, or what was required of me anywhere, whether mm -hmm. from PT to ministry or first ministry at home. Um, so spent a lot of time just working through that and felt convicted that I was called to pastor people and serve people. I didn't need a pulpit to do that. So we stepped away from the church planting world and took a step of faith, like you had mentioned in early right. 2009, right after the market drops in 2008, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, was a, it was a step of faith for me and my wife who supported me the whole way. Um, and we opened the practice so that we could try to be who we felt like we were supposed to be and, and uh, be true to our mission still. Mm -hmm. uh, Believe it or not, it was 14 years ago. And as you said, since then, uh, we've been able to grow to four clinics and stay true to our mission and reach people, not only with great care, but as, as you said, when that opportunity arises, we try to uh, minister to, to the whole person, whether it's sharing the gospel or just for crying out loud, buy them, help them buy a chicken sandwich or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. A homeless group that lives not too far from behind us. One day, back in the room, he needed his neck cracked. You know, uh, so you know, just it's been bizarre, right? How little things like that happen when we can serve our community. So. Right. Just a quick pause for an announcement, and we'll be right back to the show. This episode is sponsored by the Strategic Financial Group's Christopher Klepp. That's C L E P P. Chris has 21 years of experience in wealth advisement and today specializes in helping business and practice owners under the age of 55 deal with life's challenges. With Chris, you'll create a plan that builds overall financial health, conceives of an exit plan later in life, and even makes work optional if that's what you want. To have an introductory call with Chris and see if there's a match, call Chris at area code 773-368-2324. Once again, that's 773-368-2324. We're also going to put Chris's contact info in the show notes to this episode. And now back to the show. All right. So, so Todd, thank you for that, for filling in that background. Very interesting. I didn't realize that the extent of the dual mission that you were, you know, that you were referring to when we first, uh, when we first got introduced to each other. Um, so now fast forward, you've been private for private practice for 14 years Give us a bit of the evolution. So you open in 29 on, you know, the market yep. crashes, you're taking a, you know, a leap of faith and here you are today with four. Walk us yeah. through the highlights of that. Yeah. Um, 
we got highs and lows for sure. Um, you know, get able to get rolling. I really, uh, I took out a small debt when I first did it. And then I obviously leveraged the house and everything else I could leverage, trying not to take out a big debt. Um, so my first goal was just work my brain out. I, I hired a front office staff um, and myself. And I literally, for the first year, just grinded. Mm. I did all the marketing. Uh, and at that time, the social media wasn't as prevalent it is now so i hit the every time i didn't have a patient i was out in a, in a gym i was at a y i was at a doctor's office i was somewhere talking mm-hmm. to somebody um and crazy subway you know somebody comes walking limping in, in the subway and i give him my card mm-hmm. so just the the fact that man you gotta get you gotta get in the community um and you gotta be bold you gotta you know if there's a rock you gotta turn it over and I was able to do that. And then about a year into it, um, I was cranking, you know, 70 patients a week. Wow. Yeah, I was cranking at 50 hours a week of care and my thumbs were about ready to fall off. Yeah. Um, but I but I knew that my first goal was to get rid of that debt. And so I just committed until I got rid of it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hiring anybody. So there and then I had enough profit margin that uh, I could hire uh, a staff therapist and, and brought them on. And soon after that, we brought a tech on and uh, was able to keep things between the guardrails. Um, and we, at that time, everything was an hour long treatment. I was, I double booked people. If I had ACLs that were pretty high level, I would go three at a time because I could navigate that, um, but try not to go more than two. And, um, you know, that's the thing. We're still doing that. And that's, not many clinics still do that. We still use text and we try to keep hour long visits. Okay. And we go to, we go to an hour. Um, we still do one-on-one sessions on occasion. Um, so that's a jump ahead with evolution. But uh, so, so that first year I hired somebody and by the third year uh, found an area about you know, 20 minutes from where we are. And we're in the County South of the main part of Charlotte. Um, and there was an area of a growing bedroom community, uh, fairly affluent, that really only had one hospital system in town. So I took the chance after I did my due diligence that that was the right place to go and uh, opened a small 1,200 square foot space and a uh, lead therapist. And we adventured into the second clinic. And that was in 2012. Okay. Um, so just over three years. Wow. And that actually took off. So yeah, it sounded like a I mean, location, 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 right? It sounds like from what you're saying, you picked a nice one. Yeah, we were very fortunate we got our, got the right place. Now uh we have competition over there, right? Mm-hmm. We have uh two private equity groups and another hospital and another hospital that's that's out there. So uh and a couple um private folks that do cash. So it's now we're we're all in. Uh, competitively there and mm-hmm. that community still is growing like crazy um so then uh that, and then 2017 i made a big mistake i uh i got pretty excited about where we were what our profit margins were i was actually uh so i i decided to partner with uh someone i went back and got my fellowship uh in 2015 so i had my FAA, OMPT, all those big letters and all that. And my mentor was 
just a terrific mentor. And um, he lived up near uh, downtown Charlotte. So uh, we decided that we wanted to try to, to partner and get a clinic there. Uh, unfortunately, that, that didn't work out well. We still have that clinic, but you know, I, I think I tried to grow that one and then we acquired another one. And then a buddy of mine wanted to downsize. So he basically gave me another one. Um, I just oh. bought the equipment for literally like 500 bucks. He was like, I just need out. Wow. Uh, so all of a sudden I went from two and doing really well to trying to do five. Okay. In a matter of six months. Wow. Excuse and me. now you're at four. So we know part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> one of them became a vestigial organ and just quit working. Um, <laughs> But we were fortunate enough to, that was a clinic that basically was given to me. It was just a little bit out of our area. And I was trying to be Superman going back and forth. And uh, before it became a real liability, I was able to, to step out of that one. Okay. But I learned a lot. I really did. Yeah. I learned about systems and structures and people and mm -hmm. uh, personal limitations and financial limit. I mean, it was, it was yucky, um, <laughs> you know, selfish ambition uh can get in the way and it did for me yeah it did for me and uh so i, I learned guess, a lot yeah i guess it, it's good you learned that lesson without bringing the whole ship down you know that you could you could carve off the that bad organ and keep going yes yes nice absolutely. nice so let's get to the you know the the big question which is you said it, you've got franchises, you've got private equity, you've got hospitals and health systems surrounding you and, and competing for the same patients that you want to get. And yet you're, you're staying private and, and thriving at it. I'd like to get into like some of the advice that you have. And I've got written down here, you know, from a competitive perspective, people and staff, et cetera, et cetera. But rather than going one by one, just what comes to mind for you? What, you know, how are you doing it? <laughs> um, you know, I think it's been, I've been very, very uh, fortunate that I've found people that uh, want to be part of our, our, our mission and uh, stay true to that. Uh, you know, there's a thing it's, it's, we call it the BAM uh, and it's business as a ministry. And, you know, those can get clouded in a, in a hurry when you're mm -hmm. trying to serve people and you get people all excited about the mission of the company. And uh, I often tell them, I'm like, guys, we're not singing Kumbaya we were doing therapy mm -hmm. and we got to be great. And we actually need to be greater at what we do than anybody else, because we're a niche. We're fighting the private equity. And, you know, you, you got, we got to be great with our hands. We got to be great with our diagnostic skills and we got to be great with our treatments in general, because then people will care about anything else mm -hmm. and it'll open doors to other things. Mm -hmm. If you're not great at what you do, not only are we going to get gobbled up, but people don't care. Mm -hmm. So get rid of somebody's pain before you take care of everything else. Got it. So that's for us that, you know, that balance. Uh, business is first. You got to take care of business. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how for us being able to stay, as I noted, on the hour long schedules. Mm hmm with our techs being able to see two, very seldom do we, we do more than that. Again, if it's a high level shoulder and an ACL or a, a guy that's returned to sport, 
um, with a muscle strain or something. You can do three, but um, our goal of giving that quality care, making sure somebody you you or a tech is right there coaching people uh, the majority of your treatment session. Mm-hmm. For us, that because that does not happen at, at some of the other places. Um, and we hear that all the time. It's like, wow. What, what happens at the other places? Well, I, I think they stand behind their computer and they point and go uh, do, that, do that and do that um, and come come find me when you're done. Mm. We hear that a lot. And uh, that's just not what we want to be. Um, I think the difficult part is that I'm battling now is a lot of the private equities are getting the in-house residencies and and, uh, those fellowships. So we're working hard to be competitive with our mentoring, especially with the millennials and all the new generationers that are coming out. Mm. That's a big challenge for, for me. And that's where I'm moving more towards is bouncing between the clinics, making sure that our newer graduates who long to be mentored uh, are getting that quality mentoring. Okay. And, and that's where we're fighting. I'm, I feel like that's where I'm fighting the biggest battles is, is to make sure that our young therapists know they are being mentored and it's not just, Hey, I'm coming to see patients and generate revenue for, for the company. Right. Hey, I don't mind doing that, but what, what am I able to receive at the same time? What's in it for me? Yeah. It's, which is not an unreasonable thing to ask for Absolutely somebody who's trying to develop not. a career. Yeah. Absolutely not. So that's, um, you know, trying to make sure that our culture stays consistent um, and our vision stays consistent mm-hmm. and our ability to meet the needs of uh, a new generation of therapists uh, is also consistent. Right. And so when you say mission, you mean it's it's the, you know, PT first, but the whole person later, yes. I guess, right? How um, How public are you with that? Well, you saw it on our website, mm-hmm. so it's public. Um, you know, I, I laugh because I always used to say, I'm never going to put a fish on my website. Never. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Yuck. Those are the one, Those are the believers that can't be trusted. Da, da, da. Um, I, I still kind of feel that way. But again, I, I feel like I'm supposed to uh, let people know who we are, mm-hmm. um, but also not we're not trying to that's not first right that's right. something i believe comes through relationship it comes through taking care of the felt needs first mm-hmm. uh, and you know also other things just open up and yeah we never try to to bring that to the table first i do offer you know for me i i committed to offer to pray for people uh when they come in for an eval and i've had people just say no you keep that to yourself and i'm like okay then let's mm-hmm go fix your neck. Um, yeah. You know, I've had people jump off the table crying and giving me hugs. You know, a doctor's never prayed for me ever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've run into a little bit of everything and it just is what it is. And that's, but that's not something I require of our staff. Um, if they feel like it's something they want to do, they can, if not, then it's okay. Right. Get people better. Right. And, you know, you hit on something really important. If I, if I take what you're saying, um, and generalize a bit, you have, you have carved out a difference. And that's so important. If, if you think about, you know, when, when a patient is checking you out, should I go to the PT center or should I go to, 
whoever down the street, they've got choices. And what they want to see is what's different about this place. And a lot of providers out there think that what's it's our service. It's my experience. Uh, those are important, but they're not differentiators, even if they are, even if you, their provider X has a lot more experience in what you do than the person down the street. The patient who's checking you out for the first time just doesn't spend a lot of time going to that depth to try to figure things out. Um, but you have carved out a difference that is easy to spot and that people, this is what strikes me, and that people can make a decision on, well, I'm going to get good care there. And if any of this is, is interesting to me, I'm going to get, I have the opportunity to participate in that added level of mission as well. Yeah. Um, we had another guest on a few episodes ago who said, look, we, we want more of this. This is what makes us different. And the way that they, what they do is they say, we, that's what we talk about. We still get a lot of other types of patients that walk in the door, but not as many as we used to. We get more of what we're looking for of what we think we're really good at because that's what we talk about all the time. And so it doesn't have to be unique to the world. It's just gotta be different from those around you. And that's what you're carving out. So I, I you know, think I, you know, what it sounds like one way in which you're staying private is, you've got a difference out there that people understand and that's getting out and people can, Oh, I want that. So I'm going to go only Todd's place gives that to me. Yeah. And that's what I want. Yep. And it's yeah. for, for us, it's about culture, right? If mm -hmm. you take the byword of, of that, um, that's, and that's one thing I'm the other thing I'm really working hard on is culture. The whole, Hey guys, we got to be great at what we do. Um, that, that can set us apart. We got to use our hands well. You know, I've got my fellowship in dry needling and spinal manipulation. You know what? And, and that's the other thing we're trying to carve out. It's like, are, are we an at What's our avatar? And do mm -hmm. we need to be even more niche in our avatar? Because I'm looking around compared to where we were when I came right out of fellowship. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody dry needled, right? We were needling the world, and cracking the world. And now we've got a couple of people who specialize in women's health and they're mm. not interested in cracking. Um, so it's like different offices, different avatars. How do we market those things to stay relevant? Yeah. Be consistent with our culture. Mm -hmm. So that's, those are always difficult things. Yeah. Um, and we're navigating those, but I do think culture, um, making sure that I'm, all my directors, all my leaders are, are speaking the same language. We're communicating well mm -hmm. um, on multiple levels. We're setting expectations. I think that's the thing when you get turnover and transition, which is inevitable, um, yeah. that we need to do a better job at, especially when it comes from the uh, from our culture, right? Because even now we're going through some things like, hey, you can't, you can't, I want you to minister to people, but you still, I mean, there's a number of, the reality of CPT codes, you need to build well, yeah. right? You, you need to- There's no CPT sure. for ministering, so pick the right codes. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta pick the right codes and, and make sure you're building well. Yeah. You, you know, you, you gotta get to X number of visits each week. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not like we don't have those conversations. We do, and they're unfortunately sometimes often. Yeah. But, but to do them within the context of our culture and what we're trying to accomplish on both sides of the coin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so there's the second thing. So a, a clear difference, a clear like core difference, and then a culture. There, 
they sound difficult and not to make it sound like, oh, they're really easy. They, they, they can be challenging to figure out and then implement. The, the nice thing is that most don't. And so if you can pull those off and keep them over time, your practice will have an advantage, a competitive advantage, because those things show in how the practice runs in, in things like efficiency and customer service, things that, that patients do see. Um, yeah. But they just, you know, it takes the leadership or the owner, if it's, you, it sounds like you have a couple of layers of leaders, if it's a, other practices, maybe don't, or they do, but it's just got to be consistently done and, 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 you know, monitored to make sure that it's because there's such difference makers and you're not the first guest to come on here and, and say, look, the reason we're surviving and the reason we're doing so well, we have a really well-defined culture. You can have a culture and it, it can be vague. That's the other thing. A lot of people have vague culture. It's got to be specific, you know, yeah. it's not anally specific, but it's got to be to the point where if you said it to somebody who didn't know anything about it, they go, yeah, I think I understand what you mean. Not like, I don't know. I understand what you mean, you know? Yep. yep. And the culture of having our values, in fact, just felt like not too long ago, um, you know, our, our values are excellence, mm-hmm. enthusiasm, education, right? Mm-hmm. And we felt like excellence were just people weren't getting to work on time, where our, our accounts receivable was climbing and we're like, what the world's going on? Mm-hmm. So shoring up those things, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We just had somebody resign uh, yesterday because like, all you do is look over my shoulder and well, you're making mistakes. And, and yeah. we, we are, one of our values is excellence. We're not trying to hammer you. We just want to be excellent at all we do. And sometimes yeah. it goes forward. Sometimes it doesn't. I hate it because then again, it's transition, but we have to stay true to who we are. Um, yeah. And then, and, and try to be excellent because accounts receivable can't keep climbing. No. And I'm curious. So finding people today is a lot harder than it's been. That's mm-hmm. no surprise. So were you, I'm wondering if you were contemplating, all right, this guy's got to go, but yeah. man, it's going to be hard to fit. Did you, did you maybe hold on to that person a bit longer or did you say, well, nope, got to do it culture first and we'll just well, we, deal we, with it. You know, again, committed to our values, graciously holding people accountable. We're not being, we're, I wasn't doing it. It was our billing collections uh, team mm-hmm. and we just made the made the commitment said guys we have to hold our front office staff accountable you you, you can't have mistakes with optum right mm-hmm. if you don't get the verification after how many visits and we just had to write three visits off because you didn't do your job it has to get better and mm-hmm. you know just knowing that it wasn't changing so we knew conversation was coming but you know, fortunately, the other person was able to leave, quote unquote, on their own terms. Right. Which is always nicer, even though it leaves a gap and you got to fill that void. Um, so I'm okay with transition there yeah. if a person's not willing to go where we are committed to going as a company. Right. It's never fun to see somebody leave, especially when they've been with you for a while. Yeah. And that's been hard as a leader, accepting the fact that not everybody's going to stay forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so you look at that person, you say, well, we have to do this and swallow it because, because if we don't, then everybody else around us is going to see that we're compromising the culture in this moment. And that's going to be even worse than if we deal with whatever we have to, because that spot's now vacated until we can, until we can backfill it. Yeah. It seems like a no brainer. 
Yeah. And then, you know, for us, it's an opportunity, as we talked about with our culture, making sure we're setting expectation mm-hmm. when when we find the right fit. We, we set expectation and then we can go forward on a totally different level. Right, right. So it sounds like for you, I mean, we, we've talked for a bit here. We certainly haven't talked for a very long time, but two of the key um, levers, I guess, to, to staying private and thriving is having that core difference. What's different in a sea of physical therapy practices out there that, you know, m- many of whom know what they're doing, people who choose us do it because this is what's different about us. And then the second, but so that's sort of the external and then internally a really good culture that kind of guides how the PT center runs every day, what it will and won't do, what's expected of it. And like I said before, you're not the first one to come on here and talk about the importance of culture. You're, you're sort of adding fuel to the fire of, it can yeah. be a real difference maker. It's, Excellent. It's the, we know the why, Yeah. but you gotta have the how. Yeah. Right, so that's the whole, the business part of it. Right. Yeah, we wanna serve people, but well, if the doors aren't open, we can't do that. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and Todd, we could, you know, go on for, did peel this onion a lot more off or yeah. just, you know, for a lot more time, but in the interest of kind of, you know, bringing us home, a couple of questions I ask every guest. The first is now that you've heard our conversation, is there anything you think I should have asked you that our listeners need to know about, but just didn't ask you? You know, I don't, I don't think so, Carl. I, um, I think it's been a kind of a top to bottom, left to right. Um, Good. You know, I think, I think that's, like I said, we could probably peel layers of onions and we find something, but I'll talk sure. I think so. Okay. Excellent. And then the second question is if we take a step back from what we've been talking about for those who are listening, who are, you know, facing what you've been facing on private, but it just feels like it's getting a little harder. I'm struggling. Are there one or two tangible steps you would recommend that they take as soon as they're done listening to this to, you know, to get down the path of turning that struggle into into thrive. I mean, for me, one of them sounds like keep hunting for that core difference. And, you know, you are, I'll make it up. You are an OBGYN. I deliver babies. What's different about me? It's got to be something that's different about you. And I don't, I don't mean like you got to go, you know, you just have to make something up. There probably already is, but yeah. it takes a while to dig for it. It's got to be meaningful to who you're trying to serve, but I'll bet you that there, is, there usually is. I tell you what, we're working really hard right now in our culture. I'm I'm meeting with my team. We're going through a book on culture, growing culture. Every week I meet with my leaders. We do a Zoom call and and we get to the nitty gritty of our own personal culture. And about three weeks ago, I heard uh, uh, a leadership message. And and number one was you got to get butt ugly with your own leadership skill and style. And for which means which means you got to get butt ugly. And well, what does that mean? You got to look in the mirror and you got to be honest. What is my culture? Am I really doing everything I can do to build culture the way I feel like I'm supposed to? Are there any, is there anything, any relationship with my leaders that I don't, it's not good. And mm-hmm. it's my fault. And it's my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, what are my collections and billing? Are, are we really doing the little things well? And and got to start with you. You got to make changes in you before you can expect changes in others. Mm-hmm. So that for me would would be if you're if you're leading a, a clinic, take an ugly but needed look at yourself. Yeah, 
and be honest with yourself. Yeah. yeah. Just be honest with yourself and say, Hey, where do I need to shore up the, the fringes here? Yeah. And, and do I have relationships that man, probably not as good. Do I need, honestly, do I need to go and apologize to somebody? It's like, mm-hmm. I, I haven't been paying attention. I, I, I'm just not doing my job to help you. We're working to help you. Right. And then if you haven't, and you want to step out and do this, one, you got to decide, are you going to be insurance or are you going to be cash? And then you got to commit to it. You just got to, you got to jump <laughs> and, and burn the boats. Right. Uh, don't go back to where you came from and just go for it. Cause if you don't go for it, you'll never know. Okay. Interesting. Well, good. Thank you. And thank you so much for that. And once again, thanks for carving out some time to come on practice care. Um, just a couple of points before we go. We're going to put uh, Todd's contact info in the show notes. So if anybody's interest is picked and would like to uh, reach out and see if you can grab a few minutes with them, we'll give you info on how to do that. Uh, and then a couple of points before we finish. First, if you've had an experience with the business side of your practice like Todd has, uh, or you've got another experience, or you're someone like me that serves private practices and you've got some expertise that you'd like to share, we want you to come on Practice Care. In the show notes for this episode and every episode, there's instructions, there's a little form to fill out. Just want, want you to tell us what's on your mind. Please do so right away so we can get you scheduled. And then finally, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Practice Care on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again and until next time. Thank you for listening to Practice Care with Carl White. Make sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss another episode. You can find our guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.